0: Preface and Introduction of Grammarland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Grammarland, or Grammar Fun for the Children of Schoolroomshire, by M. L. Nesbit to all little children who think grammar hard and dry this book is dedicated by one who loves to see sunshine in schoolroomshire preface to the third edition the favourable reception that the former editions of this little book have met with calls for a word of acknowledgment it seems that not only the little folk for whom it was intended but children of a larger growth have read it with interest and students who spend days and nights with weary eyesight poring over miserable books, have condescended to turn over these pages, and laughingly admit that the imagination may sow even the dustiest of bookshelves with flowers. Teachers of the younger classes in schools have found this little volume extremely useful, and it is suggested that, though children will often read it with pleasure by themselves, they will derive much more profit from it when it is made the textbook for a lesson." The simple exercises appended to each chapter will then be found both useful and entertaining. Introduction Judge Grammar and his subjects What is Grammarland? Where is Grammarland? Have you ever been to Grammarland? Wait a minute, and you shall hear. You will not find Grammarland marked on the globe, and I never saw a map of it, but then whoever saw a map of Fairyland? And yet you have all heard of that, and know a great deal about it, of course. Well, Grammarland is a place every bit as real as Fairyland, and much more important. The Fairy Queen is all very well, and a very great little queen in her way, but Judge Grammar, great, stern, old Judge Grammar, is far mightier than any Fairy Queen, for he rules over real kings and queens down here in matter-of-fact land. Our kings and queens, and emperors too, have all to obey Judge Grammer's laws, or else they would talk what is called bad grammar, and then even their own subjects would laugh at them and would say, "Poor things, when they were children and lived in schoolroomshire, they can never have been taken to Grammarland. How shocking and Judge Grammer himself, well, I cannot say what he would do, as I suppose such a thing never really happened for who could imagine a king or queen saying i is or you was or it wasn't me no one speaks in that way except people who have never heard of judge grammar ah i wish you could see him this great judge sitting on his throne in his court and giving orders about his precious words which are the riches of Grammarland. for judge grammar says that all the words that you can say belong really to him, and he can do what he likes with them. He is, in fact, king, as well as judge, over Grammarland. Now you know that when William the Conqueror conquered England, he divided the land among his nobles, and they had it for their own, so long as they obeyed the king, and helped him in his wars. It was just the same with Judge Grammar, when he took possession of Grammarland. He gave all the words to his nine followers to take for their very own as long as they obeyed him. These nine followers he called the nine parts of speech, and to one or other of them every word in Grammarland was given. They are funny fellows, these nine parts of speech. You will find out by and by which you like best amongst them all. There is rich Mr. Noun, and his useful friend Pronoun little ragged article, and talkative adjective, busy doctor verb and adverb, perky preposition, convenient conjunction, and that tiresome interjection, the oddest of them all. Now as some of these parts of speech are richer, that is, have more words than others, and as they all like to have as many as they can get, it follows, I am sorry to say, that they are rather given to quarrelling, and so it fell out that one day, when my story begins, they made so much noise, wrangling and jangling in the court, that they woke Judge Grammer up from a long and very comfortable nap. "'What is all this about?' he growled out angrily. "'Brother Parsing! Dr. Syntax! Here!' In an instant the judge's two learned counsellors were by his side. "'Sergeant Parsing!' brother Parsing, the judge calls him, has a sharp nose, bright eyes, a little round wig with a tail to it, and an eyeglass. He is very quick and cunning in finding out who people are and what they mean, and making them tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It is of no use to say, I don't know, to Sergeant Parsing, he will question you and question you, till somehow or other he makes you know, and finds out all about you. When I say he will question you, of course I mean he will question the parts of speech, for that is his business, and that is why Judge Grammer summoned him. For whenever there is a fuss in Grammarland, Sergeant Parsing has to find out all about it, and Dr. Syntax has to say what is right or wrong, according to the law. Brother Parsing, "'said the judge. "'This racket must be stopped. "'What are they fighting about? "'I divided the words clearly enough once "'amongst the nine parts of speech. "'Why cannot they keep the peace?' "'My lord,' answered Sergeant Parsing, "'the fact is that it is a long time "'since you portioned out the words, "'and the parts of speech since then "'have been left to do pretty much as they like. "'Some of them are greedy "'and have stolen their neighbours' words. "'Some of them have got hold of new words,' "'which the others say they had no right to make, "'and some of them are even inclined "'to think that Dr. Syntax is old-fashioned "'and need not be obeyed. "'In fact, unless your lordship "'takes the matter in hand at once, "'I am afraid the good old laws of Grammarland "'will all go to wreck and ruin.' "'That must never be,' said the judge, "'solemnly shaking his wig. "'That must never be. "'We must stop it at once.' "'go and summon all my court before me.' "'Certainly, my lord,' answered Sergeant Parsing. "'But may I ask if there is any part of speech you wish for in particular?' "'I wish for them all, sir, every one,' replied the judge. "'They shall all come before me, and you shall question them in turn, "'and make them say what right they have to the titles and the words which they claim. "'And then, if there is any disagreement between them, "'I will settle the matter once for all.' "'Quite so, my lord,' said Sergeant Parsing. "'And shall I invite our friends in Schoolroomshire?' "'Our friends in Schoolroomshire? By all means let them come,' replied the judge. "'If we wish to have peace among the parts of speech, "'it is most important that the people of -of matter-of-fact land "'should know how to use them well.' and as the people of of matter-of-fact land generally spend at least a part of their lives in Schoolroomshire, we cannot do better than send our invitation there. Go, Brother Parsing, and request them to come, and to bring their slates and pencils with them, that they may keep an account of what we do, and let our parts of speech prepare to come before us at once. Away went Sergeant Parsing, as quick as thought, and soon the whole court was assembled. There was Judge Grammer on his throne, with a long-flowing wig and gorgeous robes. At the table below him sat his two counsellors, Sergeant Parsing and Dr. Syntax. Dr. Syntax is very tall and thin and dark. He has a long, thin neck covered up with a stiff black tie, which looks as though it nearly choked him. When he speaks he stands up, looks straight through his spectacles, sticks out his chin and says his say in a gruff and melancholy voice, as if he were repeating a lesson. He is the terror of all little boys, for he never smiles, and he is so very, very old, that people say he never was young like other folks, that when he was a baby he always cried in Greek, and that his first attempt at talking was in Latin. However that may be, there he sat, side by side with Sergeant Parsing, while the company from Schoolroomshire, armed with slates and pencils, prepared to listen to the examination that was to take place, and the parts of speech crowded together at the end of the court, waiting for their names to be called. End of the preface and introduction of Grammarland, read by Kara Schallenberg. www.kray.org, in October two thousand ten, in San Diego, California.